0: Hey, welcome back to Professors Gone Wild. I'm Dr. P. I'm Dr. T. And it's Saturday night. It's about 7 o'clock. We're out on the back deck, and you can hear the spring peepers, those little frogs that come out in spring. Uh, We just thought it'd be a little groovy experience to keep you Mm. in the ambiance. Tim, you got a drink?
1: I got a drink here. All right. Cheers. Cheers.
0: All right. What are you drinking? Mm. Rum and Coke. Cuba Libre. Yeah. Julian's favorite drink from the Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. All right. Well, news of the week. I got my COVID vaccine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We both did. We both did. Yeah. Independently. And, you know, I stood in line for two hours. I'm not even kidding. But it's worth it. It's worth it. And this whole lecture, this whole podcast is going to be about vaccines. So in three weeks, I have to go back and get my second shot. Now, I had no side effects that I could discern whatsoever. I I did have muscle soreness because, okay, let's talk about this for a minute. You had a bruise, actually. Well, because the nurse that gave it to me, um, so what you're supposed to do, everybody listening do this right now, feel your shoulder and feel where the the bone is. That's actually not the humerus. That's the acromion process Mm -hmm. of the clavicle. Right. Now you put your finger on that, and then you do two fingers down, so two finger widths down, and you get that meaty part of the deltoid. Yeah. And you're supposed to inject there. Yeah. Well, this one was right on. (laughs) I mean, it's right on the acromion process. Uh And actually, you can you can rupture the bursa. You can. There's lawsuits over bad injection sites. I had some muscle pain. And some inflammation around that and a bruise. for one night in a bruise, yeah. which I very rarely you never bruise. bruise. Okay, so Doctor T. Oh goodness, side effects. Uh,
1: the day of the vaccine, you know, a few hours after, I had a slight headache, and I took an ibuprofen. Went right away, and it all was peachy right it, until about day four post Yeah, that was delayed. A very delayed reaction. Delayed reaction. Yeah, so I was at work, and I started to have a headache, and you know, I thought it was just a long day, but it persisted. And I felt, I was out of work driving home, and I started feeling so bad. And so I knew it was something more than just a regular headache. And then when I got home, um, took an ibuprofen, it didn't go away, took my temperature, it was a little elevated. It was about 100. Yeah, it was about 100. Fahrenheit. Yeah, and I'm usually around, you know, like 97 or something like that. So I knew something was up, and then I started to get the chills. Yep. All right? And then after the chills, probably a few hours after that, started to get hot. Okay, so this is classic pyrexia
0: or fever, which is characterized by, first of all, a prodromal period in which, you know, you're starting to maybe not feel too well. Then you get the chills. Everybody knows this. So you're, you're putting blankets on. You're putting extra clothing on. You're shivering, and that creates body heat. You also have vaso. Constriction.
1: Ah, okay, that's why so you're
0: what's, cold. So, what's vasoconstriction?
1: Vasoconstriction is when your arterios narrow in diameter, restricting blood flow.
0: Okay, but that's in the extremities because you're trying to keep the main blood, yeah. the warmth in your core. Yeah. Okay. What's prodromal mean? It just means before the disease, okay, before the condition. All right, all right. Okay, so then you, so we got prodromal chill. Then the flush stage is when, okay, you're hot and heavy. Okay, now, fever up to 102 degrees Fahrenheit is acceptable for intermittent short periods of time. Okay, you die at 106 Fahrenheit. Eeks. And you know what? While we're talking about fever, um, there was a 1600s physician who recognized the importance of fever. It's a common response to microbial attack. And he said, you know... Fever is nature's engine which she brings to the field to defeat her enemies. Mm. Yeah, it's all off the top of my head, by the way. Wow, impressive. Yeah. And we all know that it cycles. Mm. So then you you hit your fever, and then you're hot. Were you hot? Yes. Yeah, and so then what'd you do?
1: I, so so I went to bed, I was cold, I was piling the blankets on. And then uh, probably a couple of hours later, I was kicking all the blankets off. I had yep. the fan on. Yep. I couldn't get comfortable. Were, actually, you, were you sweating? I was sweating. I actually got up and took a lukewarm shower because I couldn't cool Okay, that.
0: we'll get back to lukewarm shower. Okay. But the sweating stage is called diaphoresis. Diaphoresis means sweating. And again, you've got vasodilation. You're trying to get rid of body heat. You're throwing off the clothes. You're sweating. Okay, and this unfortunately cycles multiple times. The idea is... That you're trying to burn off the microbe. Because, like, if you're in a microbiology lab, you incubate various microbes at specific temperatures. If they infect people, they are best suited for human body temperature. So if you turn up the incubator in the lab to, like, 100, 101, 102, uh, you're probably going to kill them. Mm -hmm. Now, the whole thing about fever, it's controlled by the hypothalamus, and you don't want to kill the host. (laughs) So... If you surpass 102, that's when you start thinking about fever reduction. Now, Doctor T. Yeah, you did a lukewarm shower. I did a lukewarm shower. Yes. Why, why didn't you just do like a ice cold water bath?
1: Well, I didn't want to shock my system. Right, shock. I probably mm-hmm. had some vasodilation going on in attempts to cool me. And if you jump into a ice cold shower, yep. that is a bit of a shock to your system. And it so also
0: did... continues the vasoconstriction, so mm-hmm. you're going to keep more heat inside. Yeah. Think about it. If your body temp is 102, 100, and the shower temperature is 85, that's enough to cool you. That's down. still a 20, you know, almost a 20 degree difference. Yeah. That's going to draw the heat out of your body. And it did. Even in hospitals, they do not use ice water. Okay. The other thing you do is you could take any of the typical over-the-counter fever reducers. We're talking about, um, I'll use generic names, acetaminophen, ibuprofen, naproxen, or aspirin. Right. Okay. Uh, So I'm sorry, Dr. T. Uh, How long did those side effects last? Just that evening. I woke up and I felt fine. So the next day it was completely resolved. Okay, but this is a common complaint people have, is they get a vaccine, and then they have some side effects. We'll talk about side effects later. Uh, you are not getting, in this case, coronavirus infection. Your body is responding because your immune system has been challenged. And let's talk about, challenged first of by all... by the
1: vaccine. What are vaccines? Yeah, what are vaccines? You tell me, what are vaccines? I thought it was kind of controversial... But it shouldn't be, should it? No, it should not. So,
0: in a nutshell, vaccines train your immune system to recognize and respond to an invading microbe. There are bacterial vaccines. There are viral vaccines. You will not get the disease from the vaccine. Why not? Well, let's get into how vaccines work. Basically you're being trained by either inactivated parts of the microbe, which are incapable of causing the disease or the genetic sequence of part of the microbe. You are not getting the live microbe. Okay. You are not getting the microbe in its infectious form. This is probably the biggest misinformation out there. Other than the autism thing, which we're going to get to. We'll get to that. And, okay, you're going to have some side effects. A lot of people yeah. have side effects. Think of it this way. Your side effects are an indication that your body is learning. It's like boot camp, mm-hmm. okay? Boot camp in the military is not pleasant. But you're getting harder, you're getting stronger, you're getting better endurance, mm-hmm. okay? So, okay.
1: How long does it take your immune system
0: to respond? Well, that's a good question. It depends. It depends. There are faster-acting vaccines and there are slower-acting vaccines, roughly speaking, a couple weeks. And the second shot is sort of like a booster. It's like, hey, you got past it the first time. Let's give you another round and really make sure we're going to drive it home that your body knows how to respond. Okay, and the bottom line, you've heard a lot about antibodies lately. You're training your immune system to produce antibodies to fight that particular microbe.
1: So the whole goal of the vaccine is just to make sure the antibodies are ready to go. Right. The next and, time you're exposed to possibly right. the real and, thing.
0: Yes. And when we hear about antibody treatment, which with the COVID pandemic, we're hearing about antibody treatment, you take somebody who has had the coronavirus infection. Oh, that's Their right. body has been trained and they produce antibodies, so they donate blood. Technically, they donate that's plasma. Right. They isolate the antibodies from that person and then give those antibodies to a person who hasn't had time yet or doesn't have a strong enough immune system to make their own antibodies. So fascinating, fascinating times we're living in. But you know what? This is nothing new. Well, well, let's talk about the history of vaccines. Oh, man. I mean, I know it goes back a long way. Okay, there's a lot to talk about, and I'll try to keep this brief.
1: Okay, I knew it had something to do with smallpox.
0: Well, yeah. So let's go with the official, you know, textbook definition of the first vaccine. It was administered by Edward Jenner, who was a British physician in the 1700s. And he inoculated a young boy who, by the way, the boy never gets credit, but his name was James Phipps. What oh, his old. name? It was the gardener's. This was a rich white guy. It was his gardener's son. You couldn't do this today. And he said, Hey, I got this idea. I'm going to give this little boy, I'm going to scratch some cowpox blister material from a, from a donor into his arm. And then the cowpox is going to prevent smallpox. Then he exposed the kid to smallpox, and he survived.
1: Wait a minute! He had an idea, yeah. and he experimented on an eight-year-old kid.
0: Yes, and later he could have died. Later, he inoculated his own child, but yeah, not that's until yeah. So <laughs> where did he get this idea? Well, the idea is all these rich white guys had women that milked the cows, and they were called milkmaids, and it was well known in the times that the milkmaids. Never got smallpox. Now, smallpox, I mean, the rates were as high as 10, 20% back in the day, and all these milkmaids would get these little blisters on their hands, and the cows had little blisters on their udders, and that was called cowpox. Now, again, they didn't know about viruses, Mm. so they just called it cowpox, and his milkmaids never got smallpox. So he said, Oh, there's a link, let me try this out. (laughs) It turns out it worked because the cowpox and smallpox viruses are vo- both closely related, so they have the same biochemistry. So, if your body responds to one, chances are it will respond to the other.
1: Mm. And
0: of course, cowpox is not lethal, uh, it's just little blisters. Like a little on
1: cosmetic there. thing. Yeah, a
0: little cosmetic thing. And it, It's, again, training your immune system against smallpox. Now, smallpox, by the way, was used against Native Americans oh, by God, British yeah. soldiers. They deliberately gave them smallpox-infested blankets, et cetera. And they knew that they were all vaccinated. Yeah. But the Native Americans weren't. Some historians and scholars have said Native Americans fought off the Vikings. They fought off all these other people. Why did they die from British invasion? Probably because of biological warfare in large part. Yeah, biological
1: warfare. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. But the story doesn't really start there goes back further? Yeah. Chinese were vaccinating against smallpox for millennia, thousands of years. They did it a different way. They took a person with smallpox. Smallpox presents with blisters all over the body, and ultimately you die from it in all likelihood. And they would scratch the blisters of a smallpox patient and then basically blow it into the nostrils, the, no the nasal passage of, it, of a person. And if they didn't die from smallpox, then they were immune.
1: Well, that doesn't sound very scientific. Well, it wasn't
0: scientific. <laughs> and so what Jenner did was he gave a more scientific approach to this, even without knowledge of viruses. Funny thing is, uh, The Walking Dead has yeah. a character – Uh, That works for the CDC called Edwin Jenner, Uh, which was an homage to Edward Jenner. Okay, so then after Jenner comes Louis Pasteur, who, Hmm. uh, what didn't this man do? You know, besides pasteurization, everything under the sun. And uh, he created the first vaccines against rabies, Uh, which is caused by a virus.
1: I've been vaccinated against rabies. Me
0: too. (laughs) And uh, anthrax. Oh, Which is a bacterial disease. Okay, so essentially that's the the history, and I will tell you an interesting fact. Oh, okay. The word vaccine has its origins in vaca, which means cow. Oh. Cowpox, cow, vaca. Now, you, you probably don't speak Latin, but any of you Spanish speakers, you might have heard of vacaro, or vacaro, which is like a cowboy. And... That got corrupted in the English language into buckaroo. Oh, really? So little buckaroo is a little cowboy. <laughs> so baccaro with a V became buckaroo with a... Okay, you, okay. Yeah. that's enough of the
1: history. <laughs> what else would you like to know about vaccines? Well, um... This is kind of my forte. Uh, so, yeah, I know. So it's not my forte. So I want to ask about types.
0: All right. Well, okay. The new vaccine is exciting. But let me give you the traditional types. Essentially, three types of vaccines. First is called live attenuated vaccine. That's a misnomer. It is? Because viruses aren't alive.
1: Oh, well, that's, yeah, that is yeah. a semantics thing, yes. Okay. Not. So
0: attenuated means weakened. So in the laboratory, they take, let's stick with viruses for now, they take the virus and they weaken it so that it's incapable of causing disease. Mm. <laughs> then they well. give you that weakened form to basically train you on like a dummy. So your immune system learns to recognize it, attack it with the antibody production. We'll talk about what antibodies do in just a minute.
1: Science!
0: Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the second is killed. Again, they're not alive, so they're not killed. But you destroy it. You How des- do you
1: destroy, like, a
0: virus? You can use uh, radiation. You can use chemistry. You can use heat. Okay. So right. you, you basically just des- – you don't destroy it. You kill it so it's not infectious. And you're giving basically the corpse of the virus. Because you want that DNA. Or and no, it, RNA. Right. Well, no, 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 no. No? we're not getting there yet. Oh, okay. You're usually responding to the surface proteins of the virus. Oh. Nothing to do with... Antigens. Yeah. And antigens are what stimulate an antibody response. And so basically if it's a quote-unquote dead virus, it still has the surface proteins. Mm. You've probably heard of the spikes Oh, yeah. I've seen pictures. (laughs) Yeah, the little spiky knobs all over the virus. That's what stimulates your immune system. And then the third type is what's called subunit vaccines, which are parts of the virus. Hmm. So, like, you would just take the protein spikes. Oh. Again, none of those are capable of actually causing disease. Mm -hmm. Now, the new one that you just mentioned. Oh, the, the mRNA? Yeah, you know what the M stands for? Messenger. Yeah, messenger RNA. Okay, I'm not going to get into genetics, but essentially, messenger RNA can contain the genetic sequence for the production of the protein spike. Uh So this new, like the Pfizer vaccine, which is what I got, is a messenger RNA-based vaccine, and we're really excited about these. You take the genetic sequence for protein spike production. It gets into the human cells... The human cells produce the surface protein, not the virus, just the protein, and then your immune system. I didn't know that. The leukocytes, the white blood cells, learn to respond to those proteins. They're just the proteins. It's not the virus. So the idea that you can get the coronavirus infection, by the way, the infection, the disease is called COVID-19. The virus is a SARS virus. That's severe acute, acute respiratory, respiratory syndrome, yeah. um, and so the coronavirus is the virus. The disease is called COVID.
1: Mm. It's called COVID nineteen because it was discovered in two thousand nineteen,
0: which was a little bit before mm-hmm. we saw it in the United States. Yeah, it's yeah. been one year. The recording right yes, here today. Yes.
1: Yes year. What were you doing? Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> a year. Were you wearing a mask a year ago? No, I wasn't. I wasn't wearing a mask a year ago because we were j- only just beginning to find out about the severity. Yeah. Um. We so, were on spring break. Yep. And they basically told us, "Don't come back to classes." Yeah. They told us all of a sudden, out, yeah. of blue, out of the blue, turn your classes online, and a lot of us had to learn very quickly. It was a yeah. crash course, but yeah. you know you have to do what you have to do. Yeah, and. I mean, we're all coping. Yeah. We're all looking
0: forward to the day mm-hmm. when we can hug. When I don't even know if I'm going to remember how to hug
1: or how to like shake a
0: hand anymore. <laughs> well, you, know?
1: if you hug your cats, you know how to hug. Yeah, it's not like a person. <laughs> I know.
0: Okay, so let's talk about some common vaccines. You've probably heard of the flu, the influenza virus vaccine, the rabies vaccine, which most people don't get unless they're in close contact with rabid animals. Mm. Uh, there's one called DTaP. Um, Which is your tetanus shot. Yeah. Now, that's diphtheria, which is a respiratory disease, tetanus, which causes muscle contraction, and pertussis, which is whooping cough. So that's three different disease organisms you're being immunized against in one shot. Uh Okay. And then the MMR, you know what that is? Measles, mumps, rubella. All right. Measles is a rash. Mumps is swollen salivary glands. Rubella is another rash. Rubella used to be called German measles, Mm -hmm. but it's politically incorrect, (laughs) and we call it rubella. Uh, The interesting thing between measles and rubella, okay, how does a doctor tell them apart? I don't know. Well, among other things, measles is characterized by what I tell my students is the three C's. Ooh. You obviously have the rash, but then you have cough. Mm -hmm. You have conjunctivitis, which is?
1: Oh, an inflammation of the whites of your eyes. Okay, pink eye. Pink eye, yeah. And
0: coryza. Oh. With a Y and a Z. That's head cold-like symptoms. Oh. Also characterized by coplex spots, which oh. are white spots on the inside of your cheek lining. Oh. Okay, can you die from measles?
1: I, I There are, have been deaths, yes. I think. Yes, yes. It's not... It's not like everyone who gets measles is going to die, but some do. Okay. And that's relevant to COVID because mm-hmm. you hear over and
0: over, well, 90 whatever percent of people are going to survive. Okay. Well, you know what? With measles, mumps, rubella, 90 something percent are going to survive. But when you have millions, hundreds of millions, billions mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. The numbers add up. The one yeah. percent is now all of a sudden not an insignificant figure. Well,
1: especially people who have underlying health issues to begin right? with. I mean, right? you know. and would
0: you want your child dying from measles because you didn't vaccinate them? No, hell no. And then those people, you know, are going to be like, oh, uh, maybe I should have vaccinated. Mm. All right. In fact, let's let's talk about these people. Okay. The anti vaxxers Yeah, and you know what? If you're listening to this podcast. And you're an anti-vaxxer. I hope that you do listen to the next few minutes. Okay?
1: Yeah, this is pretty serious stuff here. Okay. People, so pe- yeah, people are people are dying right now, have been dying from COVID, and, you know, go back through history with measles, mumps, rubella. Tetanus, How many people a year die from the flu? I know. Uh, about
0: 30,000 in the yeah. United States every year. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, let's go back to smallpox. Okay. Edward Jenner, right? Mm-hmm. He has been credited with preventing the deaths of more people than any other single human being in mankind's history. Okay, so was the smallpox vaccine effective? Yes. Yes. It is officially... We don't think about smallpox now. We don't get vaccinated because it doesn't exist. We don't get vaccinated for polio anymore. That's gone. Right, and... Smallpox is considered an eradicated disease by the World Health Organization. The last case was like in 1980. The United States and Russia keep some stockpiles of smallpox virus in research labs, but we don't get vaccinated for smallpox anymore. No. It is not considered a real threat.
1: Yep. There's not enough people with it anymore for it to be a viable virus anymore. And so just that logic alone,
0: okay, is support that it was a a successful invention. By the way, when Jenner was alive, he was scrutinized. He was in the newspaper, editorial cartoons. I remember seeing a newspaper uh, editorial cartoon, and it had Jenner inoculating people with his his new vaccine, and they were growing little cows out of their asses and their arms and their heads, and people were like, the (laughs) wonderful new (laughs) vaccine. So this is nothing new. This oh, is nothing... Comical. ...new. Okay, let's talk about mm. the controversy. What's the big thing you've heard?
1: Okay, okay, okay. I, I've heard, many people have heard, that vaccines, even just the regular flu vaccine, is associated with autism.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And what, what's <sighs> with that? Okay, I mean, I know I, I a need, little need, bit need, about I it. I need
0: another drink of my Cuba Libre.
1: <laughs> I know a little bit about it. I know, I know one scientist who uh Andrew Wakefield um what do you know well I know that he did a study on 12 children yep sample size of 12 are you kidding me no 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 that's gonna have so much error um and I know that he published kind of a weak association between vaccines and causing intestinal woes and symptoms similar to autism. And, you know, they, they many researchers, as they do, tried to replicate a study and they could find no veracity to it. They just could not find any truth to it. Yep. So you, you want the
0: skinny? I want the skinny. Because he is, he is remarkably well-cited by the anti-vaxxers who... Mm-hmm. Okay, this is one... Scientific article published in 1998 in the British medical journal called The Lancet, which is their equivalent of the New England Journal of Medicine.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty well known. It's, it's pretty the re- most respected. reputable. Yeah.
0: So this this guy with 12 co-authors, not the kids. <laughs> <laughs> he suggested a link between the MMR vaccines and autism spectrum disorder. But get this—he created his own definition of this new form of autism. What was his definition? Uh, it was a gastrointestinal definition of autism. Uh, Twelve kids. Not all of them had it. That's and, not what you think of when you think of autism. You think of right? cognitive problems. But get this. It turns out he patented an alternative vaccine oh. that he said wouldn't cause it. Oh. Okay, but let's get into the deets. Oh. His medical license was revoked. His article was retracted. A lot of his articles were retracted. Oh, that's a big slap on the hand. There were 20-plus other scientific studies that disproved his work. One study alone had almost 100,000 children involved.
1: Okay, that's what we're talking about, sample size. They all
0: said no association. Mm. The British General Medical Council found he was, quote, dishonest in his research Ooh. that he mistreated autistic children oh. and he had conflicts of interest. Now, how did he mistreat these autistic children, these 12? He did unnecessary and let's say uncomfortable but outright painful oh. invasive colonoscopies, <gasps> et cetera, Colonoscopy on a he kid? Was, he was into the gastro... Oh
1: my God. Version. He's a
0: gastroenterologist. The conflicts of interest were interesting because again, I mentioned he had gotten a patent on an alternative vaccine, which he later said, um, no, it wasn't a vaccine. No, it was a vaccine in the wording of the patent. But get this, he had worked with two different legal organizations that promised the parents of the 12 kids that they would sue and then get money. They funded his research
1: Follow the money. He
0: started a company in his wife's name. Oh, so if he ever was,
1: got legal repercussions, you know no, no? that
0: he was ready to. He actually is in print, in quote, for saying he expected to make over $40 million a year from this research. Oh, scoundrel. Yeah, he's a scoundrel. So that is absolutely 100% refuted by the scientific medical community. So now, he,
1: he had a vested interest in all of, of course, this, everything. monetary, yeah. yeah. And
0: now this is this is the most cited study saying that autism is caused by vaccines. Well, anybody listening who's an anti-vaxxer, you're going to say, the establishment is out to get him. Big Pharma? Yep, Big ph- pharmacological company didn't want the truth out there. And he was basically Big Pharma and the British Medical Council... It was a hit job. A smear campaign. Not a smear. They destroyed his life. They're trying to conceal the truth. They
1: destroyed his life, but I thought he was living quite well now. Okay,
0: so he moved to America. (laughs) Uh, He divorced his wife. He's now with some supermodel. Oh, my God. The supermodel is on her third husband. Well, assuming she marries him. She got... Tens, I think, I think, what $40 million, $90 dollars million in a divorce settlement from the first one. He's living the life of a millionaire. He's got books. He's got movies. Um, yeah. So let's just get off of him for. Just okay. Time. Yeah. Yeah. If please. you want to believe him, <laughs> go ahead. But the rest of the world does not. Again, we are,
1: are scientists. scientists.
0: We believe in science. Go science. Not
1: fabricated. Bullshit Especially when lives are on the line Come on Speaking of fabricated bullshit Jenny McCarthy bell? Yes She does She, she really yeah. lit a fire under this She kinda, yes. she brought it fresh A new Because she had all this You know Her her, her fame yeah. And then she really Her fame to... which started as a Playboy
0: model Well yeah So her fame Was being a nude model I have nothing against sex workers I have nothing against nude models mm-hmm. But she herself says She got her education Through the University of Google that's a quote. So in 2007, she writes a book and she said her son, Evan, has autism and it's due to the MMR vaccine. Mm. Who do you think she cited as evidence of this? Wakefield. That? Wakefield. Okay. Well, he was misdiagnosed. Mm. He's fine now. Oh, he's fine now? Yeah, you know, she was married to Jim Carrey. Yeah, I
1: knew that. And they divorced
0: that. because of this whole debacle. Well, it
1: was, it was a debacle.
0: So she became this anti-vaxxer enthusiast going on every talk show, everything everywhere, saying vaccines cause autism, which he didn't have autism. What did he have? I forget, but it was misdiagnosed. Uh, now, that was 2007. Okay. Fast forward 2014, 2015. In a multi-series of interviews, she said, I am not... Anti vaccine.
1: Oh, she backed I am not
0: an anti vaxer Shameless. She took it back. She took oh, it back. Oh, God. Okay, so <laughs> again, we are professors of biology. Yes. We are scientists. To the core. The science is solid. Yes, it is. If you haven't gotten your COVID vaccine and you're debating about it, let me explain. If you don't get the vaccine, you're taking your own life in your hands.
1: And you're putting others at risk.
0: If you die, it could have been prevented. Right. Okay, that's the bottom line. Now, if you're young, you probably have a good chance of surviving, like we talked about with measles, mumps, rubella. Mm -hmm. But think about your grandparents.
1: Or think about someone who's immunocompromised, someone who's you know got an illness, or even diabetes makes you at greater risk yeah. of dying from COVID. Cancer and, patients, yeah, cancer patients, anyone who's taking chemotherapy. I mean,
0: we have an acquaintance who is undergoing chemotherapy right now. Yes, and she is not able to take the COVID vaccine. Of course, she would want to.
1: Yeah, but her immune system and, can't respond strongly right. enough. And imagine the vulnerability there. I know the fear of you could be exposed to someone who's yeah. going without a mask or not vaccinated. You know? I'm proud of my parents. They're, mine, mine they're
0: retired. They both got their mm-hmm. COVID vaccine, both shots. They yeah. have no side effects. My mom had her second. She's 82. Yeah. No problems. Okay. Now, we're going to wait and see about this second shot. Uh, we have heard that the side effects may be a little worse on the Thank the second shot.
1: I am still going to do
0: it. Yeah. yeah because it. you know what? Having fever and chills overnight is yeah. better than being on a ventilator in the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I hope this answered your questions about vaccines. Yeah. And
1: Well, I wanted to add one yeah, more thing. Yeah, I please mean, do. So, you know, people getting vaccinated, um, you know, e- even if they get vaccinated and they come down with it, they're saying and they're they're showing that people don't have as severe uh, severe symptoms, severe symptoms yeah. less likely to be hospitalized because once you go into the hospital, you know, and get right. on a ventilator, it goes downhill from there. So, I mean, it's not just prevention, but it's also reducing symptoms right. if you do get exposed. Right. So, I mean, it's worth so many things.
0: Yeah, I know we got really serious here at the end. Yeah. We, we were going to be fun, but if you okay, let's let's end with this. Okay, shall we? Yeah, I. Live here in South Carolina. Okay. I used to do this laboratory experiment where I would fill the van full of students and we would go to the local cemetery. Oh,
1: yeah. That's and really I right.
0: would have them write down the oh, date of birth and the I date know of you're
1: death. You're going with this,
0: I know. For. Mm. various tombstones, and I had them all fan out, and then we get tons of data, tons of data. Mm-hmm. Well, in South Carolina, we have tombstones going back to... 1800s? Yeah, 1800s. Before that, before that e- even, yeah. Yep. Late, late 1700s. Yeah. yep. And you know what? When we analyze the data...
1: Let me get, I have an idea where you're going with this, because I've seen those tombstones, but go ahead. There is a huge number of infants
0: mm-hmm. and children yep. that died before vaccines were invented. Exactly. I mean, huge number, proportion. Like they say, roughly one out of four children would die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Imagine you had four kids. You just expect one of them one is going to die.
1: die. They had big families because you're hoping that yeah. maybe, maybe half of them will make it. And but... that
0: was because of infectious disease and the lack of vaccines in mm-hmm. modern medicine. Yeah. Fast forward... To, I always have them break up the data, and I'm like, okay, so let's say, you know, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, eh, mid-20th century, so like 1960. Let's look at the people born and died after 1960, and then all of a sudden you're like, where are all the dead kids? Right. Where are all the dead babies? Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And honestly, I'm not kidding you. Changed it the world. remarkable difference. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. So with that, do you have anything else you'd like to add Dr. T? Oh God well it's been a good it's been a good conversation to have and you know this is our opinion we're scientists, but we go with facts and we know what's out there but the the, the facts will prevail in this because the numbers are so high there's no denying that this vaccine is saving lives. yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely
0: absolutely the curve is already going down. yeah
1: um, So I say trust science.
0: Trust science. All right. Well, Saturday night, we're going to check out.
1: It's time to so take the a the drink. drink. <laughs> I still got some. She <laughs> drank hers already. Oh, well, hey. All right. <laughs> Peace out. Peace out.